Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Today we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world because of sin. Because as humans, as people, we decided we can live life by ourselves. That we don't need a God. That we can do life by ourselves. And when times get tough, when trials and tribulations come our way, we say we can handle that. That we don't need a God. We can do life by ourselves. And because of that sin, we separated ourselves from God. And we went into darkness. We separated ourselves from God because of our brokenness and our sin. And because of that, there's a separation now between us and God. And then because we lived our life by ourselves and we think we can do our life without God, we failed. We failed as humans because we can't do life by ourselves. We will not be successful that way. And that led us into more darkness. And that's why people today have depression and they don't know where to turn. They feel like they're hopeless. They don't know who can save them from this darkness. Because us ourselves cannot save us from the darkness we're in. And so that's why people today turn to things like alcohol, drugs, premarital sex, pride, greediness. Because they want to give themselves some kind of happiness. Because their lives are depressing because they failed controlling their lives themselves. But today I'm here to share with you, there is a hope. And there is one that comes that is the light. That will overwhelm any darkness in your life. Any sin, any darkness that is in your life today. There is one that is the light that will come and will take away that darkness if you trust and put your faith into Him. So that is our message tonight. Is the light that overwhelms the darkness, will you follow Him? So our scripture reading tonight is from Numbers chapter 24. Verses 15 through 19, which states, And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Baum, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall rise out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab, and break down all the sons of Seth. Edom shall be dispossessed. Seir also his enemies shall be dispossessed. Israel is doing valiantly, and one from Jacob shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of the cities. Will you follow the one that is the light? that overwhelms any darkness in your life. If you would, bow with me and pray. Lord, I ask that tonight that my words are yours and not my own. That you speak through me tonight. I ask, Lord, that you fill this place with your Holy Spirit. It says in your word that when two or more are gathered in your name, you're in the midst of them. And be in the midst of us tonight, Lord, and show us what what you want us to learn from this passage. Show us there is hope. That you sent your son to be the hope and the light of the world. And that we put our faith and our trust in him. That we don't rely on our own selves to control our lives. Because we will fail. But God and your son will never fail. Please help us to put our trust in you today, Lord. 
In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, starting off, I want to give you some context on the scripture we just read. So, in the scripture we just read, it's talking about a king to come out of Israel. There will be a king that comes to restore Israel back to political power, spiritual power, uh, military power. There's a king that's going to come that is honoring God, that worships God, and is somebody that follows the commands of God. So it's prophesying a king that will eventually come to Israel. Well, later on in 1 Samuel, this prophecy is fulfilled because King David comes into power. And King David is a man after God's own heart. So from a very early age, he's following God's commands and doing what he can to live out God in his life. And so he becomes anointed as king of Israel as a teenager. And quickly we see how this prophecy is fulfilled. Because when David is a teenager, he goes on to defeat Goliath and brings great glory to the kingdom of Israel. And later on throughout his kingship, uh, Israel thrives as a political and military power. They triumph over their enemies. And during this time, children looked up to King David as a spiritual leader. And for most, for most of King David's life as a king, he was a spiritual leader and led Israel toward God. But this also prophesies another king to come. That another king will come and not just restore Israel to power, but will restore all people and all mankind back to God. Because we separated ourselves from God because of our brokenness and our sin. But there will be one that comes, a king that comes later to restore all mankind back to God if we put our faith and our trust in Him. So we're going to read in Matthew where that prophecy is fulfilled and who that is. Who is the light that takes us out of our darkness? So we read here in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born, the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. So the Magi saw a star because God is light and God has no evil within him. So God is the all-powerful light and he sent his light down to earth. And so picture the, the brightest star you've ever seen. And this is 10 times brighter, 10 times bigger. So this humongous star of light comes down to the earth. And the Magi see this star and they realize this is from God. And so they follow the star and the star is moving. So as they're walking, the star is moving, guiding them in the right direction. And then the star stops over where the birth of Jesus is taking place. Because as God saying, I am putting my light on Jesus. He is your light that will take you out of your darkness. He is the light I'm sending into the world. Jesus is the light of the world for us. And so God, very early on in Matthew, says this is my son, and he will be the light of the world. He's the one that will save you from your sins. He's the one that will take you out of your darkness. Um, and this is fulfilled later on in Scripture. As you see throughout Jesus' life, he lives a perfect life. He never sins. He follows God's commands and never sins. Does miracles on earth. And then, what do we do as humans? Instead of accepting him as the light of the world, instead of putting our faith and trust in him, we crucified Him. And we put Him on the cross. And He died a painful death on the cross. Thor nails in His hands and His feet and thorns on His head. But then He died and rose from the grave three days later and is alive today 
to prove to us He is the light of the world. He is the Son of God. He is our hope. So whatever darkness, whatever sin you're in today, Jesus is our hope that will bring us out of that darkness. So you may say, well, now I realize who the light of the world is. How do we follow Jesus? Well, it starts with we stop looking to solve our problems ourselves and trust in Jesus. We stop saying, I can solve problems in my life myself and say, I'm going to let Jesus guide me and I'm going to follow his lead. Because in life today, we've all failed in here in multiple things. Because we try to control our lives ourselves. And reality is, no matter how much you try to control your life, you will fail. Only if you let Jesus guide your life and let the light guide you is how you'll be successful in life. Because Jesus will never fail. And Jesus will never lead you astray. He will always guide you in the right path. Um, And one of the things I want you to learn today is that following Jesus may not always be easy, but it's worth it. One of the examples from my life, and this is kind of a simple example, but I think you'll understand where I'm coming from, is I'm a track athlete now in college, and I love drinking soda. Uh, Root beer is my favorite soda. I could probably drink root beer two or three times a day. Um, And I love the taste of root beer, and when I drink it, it makes me feel happy for the moment. But I realize if I drink root beer throughout the day, and I go to track practice that night, I'm going to cramp up, I'm not going to run as well, and my body's not going to feel as good. Because the side effects of that root beer is destruction for me as a track athlete. The same is true in our life today, that if we try to solve our problems by putting a band-aid over it, by giving us something that gives us temporary joy in the world, something like alcohol or drugs or pride or money, or there's all kinds of examples you can put out there, you know what you're struggling with. If you try to band-aid your problems with that kind of stuff, then it will give you temporary joy, but in the end, lead to even more destruction and even more darkness. And I've realized as an athlete, you know, if I drink water throughout the day, it may not taste as good in the moment, it may not be as good right then, but the side effects, I'm going to be a healthier person, I'm going to feel better throughout the day, and I'm going to be a better athlete. The same is true in our life. Reading the Bible may not be enjoyable to you right off the bat. But the more you involve yourself in it, the more you pray, communicate with Christ, and the more you read the Bible, the more you love the side effects of your life. You love the fruit you produce in your life. And you love what Christ does in your life. And then, the more you involve yourself in that, the more you love it. The more you follow Jesus, the more you love Him. Because the more you involve yourself in something in life, the more you love it. And um, we have to understand that God's ways are better than our ways. Even Even if it doesn't seem that way right away, we have to trust God's plan will prevail. And that God will guide us in the right path. And so the next thing is, the star never fades, even if you do. So Jesus, in this example, is the star and the light of the world. And if the Magi would have never looked at the star, if they would have looked straight or looked down and only saw darkness, the star still would have been there. The star wouldn't have gone away. So even if you ignore Jesus, even if you walk your own path, or you fall off the path, say you're a Christian and you're living for God, but then you stand and you kind of fall away from Jesus, Jesus is still there, welcoming you back with open arms, saying, come back to me. I am the Messiah. I am the light of the world. And so even if you turn away from God, God is not going to turn away from you. 
And one of the examples I love of this is in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, which states, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idlers, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You may say in this room today that God would never forgive me. Jesus can never forgive my sins because I've sinned too much. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what kind of sins I have in my life. Well, it says here in 1 Corinthians, it names some of the sins in society we consider big sins. Homosexuality, uh, drunkenness, thieves. And it says some of you were this. But you were washed. You were sanctified and justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because He is our hope and He never fades from us. Even if we turn away from Him, if we repent and ask forgiveness, He accepts us back with open arms and loves us unconditionally. No matter what we do, Jesus is still going to love us. And one of the examples, you may say, well, you still don't know what I'm going through. One of the people in the Bible, Paul, is probably deemed as the greatest missionary and Christian of all time. Paul murdered Christians and did awful things in the Bible. But then he repented and said, I'm turning away from those sins. I'm going to start to follow the light. I'm going to follow Jesus. Follow the star that God sent. And because of that, Jesus forgave him. And he became one of the greatest missionaries of all time. And people today are still impacted by the words Paul said. And by the things Paul did. A third of our New Testament is written by Paul. So if God can redeem Paul, God can redeem you. If you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, He will bring you back. It gives me an example as well in the Bible of the prodigal son. There were there was two sons and a father that was pretty wealthy. And when the father died, both sons were going to get a large inheritance. But one son was greedy and came to his father and asked for his inheritance early. So his father, being loving, gave him the inheritance. Now then the son went out and blew it, partied and did things worldly of this world, and did things not biblical and, and blew all his money. And he came back to the house. And instead of the father saying, you blew the money, get away from me, you're sinner. He said, my son has returned. And he welcomed him home, brought him the fattened calf, and brought him a feast. He was excited his son had returned. The same is true in our lives with Christ. If we turn away from Christ, maybe you're in this room tonight and you've sinned and you don't know how to get out of this darkness. Christ is still our hope. If we turn away from our sins and put our trust back in Christ, He forgives us and says He remembers our sins no more and welcomes us back with open arms and says, Son, daughter, come back to Me. I love you. That's the Gospel. Now, what I want to leave you with tonight, though, is when you follow God and when you follow Jesus, amazing things will happen in your life. Amazing things will happen in your life. But it may not happen right away. It may not happen right away. But if you trust in God and stay faithful, amazing things will happen in the future. I think the Magi walked somewhere around eight miles to get to Bethlehem. That's a long walk. That's not a quick little journey. And, you know, I'm sure that walk was 
probably pretty painful and didn't have the most um, joyous time. They didn't have cars, so they walked on feet. And they, and they walked on probably dirt and rocks. And so it wasn't the most um, easy way to get there. But they followed the star and they stayed true. And because of that, they saw the birth of the Son of God. What an amazing thing to see. What an amazing thing to witness. The same is true in our life. An example from my own life is in high school. Um, after my junior season of football, I kind of had some schools in mind I wanted to go to. And I went into senior season thinking that I was going to go a certain route into a certain college that was not the college I'm at now. And all of a sudden, before my senior season, um, I started to get weak. I started to run, I ran one lap of warm-ups and my legs would cramp up. I would be really weak throughout the day and my body was just was breaking down. So I went through weeks and weeks of tests at the doctors and nobody could figure out what was wrong. And so that led me into like depression and I didn't know what was happening to my body. And then they tested my thyroid. And your number's supposed to be, I think, 0 to 64. Mine went well over 200. It was one of the highest numbers the doctor I'd ever seen. And what that meant was about three months of at least recovery to get back to normal. The doctor said, I'm not sure how you can even walk right now because your body is so weak. And so I told, I told God and I prayed. I was like, you know, if you don't want me to play football anymore, if you don't want me to go to the college that I desired, then so be it. But I'm going to follow you. And it was hard. But I remember my very first football game of senior season. The practice before, I missed every single kick in that practice. It was terrible. And I was like, they're never going to play me. And then we couldn't score in the first game. And so the coach was like, ah, field goal team. I was like, bad idea. We do not want to try that. And so I went out there, and it was like a 30-something yarder. And I remember I was so weak, I couldn't even feel my body. And I kicked the ball, and it went through. And I was like, okay, God. I was like, I'm giving this to you. And so I did well enough to get recruited by Greenville University. And I said, I'm not going to Illinois. I actually ignored their call the first time until they called me. I said, I'm not going there. I'm from Alabama. I don't want to be in Illinois. I'm not doing that. And so eventually they just kept calling me. So I was like, okay, I'll answer the call. So I answered them. And uh, after talking to them for months, I realized this place is spiritual and that this place is somewhere I can grow my faith and somewhere that uh, I can do more, more things than just football. And so I came here, and because I trusted in God and followed in God's plan, all of that road was rough. Now I'm able to witness to you guys and to preach up here. I have opportunities at the college to preach and to lead people back to Christ. I ministered to people at the college that I would have never got the chance to do that at a bigger university, more than likely. And so God has blessed me with opportunities because I trusted in Him and followed His way. Because my ways were one way, but God's ways were this way. And God's ways were a lot greater than my plans. And God's using me now in a way that I would not have been used if I went to that other university. And so if you trust in God, God will lead you in the right path. Although it may not be easy all the time. It will be worth it. Um, so I want you to picture today as we close that there's only one way to God. God sent His, his light to the world and put it upon Jesus to be the light of this world. So whatever darkness, whatever sin you're involved in today, let it go. Get, repent of that sin. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. He is our hope. He will bring you out of that darkness. And life is not necessarily going to be easy, but it will be better and it will be worth it. And in the end, you will have eternal glory with Christ. When you die, you will be eternally with Christ in heaven and spend eternity with Him. And what better thing than that? Nothing compares of this world to that. 
So put your faith, put your hope in Christ today. You will not be disappointed. If you would, bow with me and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much just for your message and your word tonight. We ask, Lord, that we just put our hope and our faith in you. Knowing, Lord Jesus, you're the only way. That our ways are are not even comparable to how great your ways are. That we need to let go of ourselves, humble ourselves and follow you and let you guide and lead our life because you will not lead us astray. You will lead us in the right route. Please put our faith and our trust in you today and to minister and be confident and bold in the gospel to share it with others. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.